everybody, and welcome to another episode of Stationary Freaks with myself, Rob Lambert, and of course... And me, Helen Lazowski. Hi. So today we are, well, I, I, let's be honest, this is our first podcast for a very long time, actually, isn't it, Helen? It must be a good two months since we recorded one of these. Easily. And what's worse, Rob, is actually I think that's how long it is since I last spoke to you. So that's really a long time. It is. It is. And and you know what? Actually, today's podcast is about that very topic, really. I think for the last two months, we'll talk a little bit about some of the challenges we've faced. Obviously, not too much because it's not a Robin Helen therapeutic session for the audience. We've sort of like, I guess, lost the grip of life and reality, haven't we? We've derailed a little bit for a variety of different reasons. And in today's podcast, we're going to talk about how um, some of the techniques of using stationery, using those analog mechanisms and tools and techniques has allowed us to get a grip back on life. Um, how does that sound, Helen? Yeah, I'd say that some people out there who know me would say that my grip on reality is somewhat tenuous at the best of times. But absolutely, getting a grip again when things start spiraling out of control is definitely something we've all experienced and i love my stationery anyway and stationery to help with that is a good thing indeed and i just want to say thank you as well to all the the people who've downloaded the podcast it's ridiculous really um that what started as a sort of uh and it still is a sort of passion project as um has garnered so much interest and you know the nice comments on instagram and facebook and just the number of downloads is just uh, bewildering so thank you yeah but we know you're out there now so we aren't alone. That's it. <laughs> that, that's it. Absolutely. I suppose let's give the audience a little bit of context. Not too much, because like I say, it's not a therapy session for me and you, although uh, I think recording these actually is, isn't it, really, which is what's quite funny about them. What, what's going on then? You know, you know, derailing can happen for a variety of different reasons. And obviously, Helen, share as much as you feel comfortable sharing. But I guess uh, it's two months since we did a podcast. A lot of stuff's happened. And this is about, you know, 20 minutes we've managed to carve out of our day today to record this. Um, what's going on? I've got uh, a huge amount of things going on at work. I've lost half my team. I Problems with my, uh, my husband's side of the family is really, really sick and requiring a lot of attention. I have a full-time job and uh, my mother decided to move house and my mother is all-encompassing in her need for things a very lovely woman but um her need expands to fill the space available and then some <laughs> yeah i think we've all uh, we all know people like that yeah so for myself it's like you know we moved house i think i was talking we think yes. actually we talked about that on the last podcast didn't yeah. we uh, so yeah moved house which was you know it wasn't actually that stressful it went it went ahead reasonably smoothly really compared to some house moves but um it's all consuming new, new house got massive garden clearing out the waste all that kind of stuff uh, working full-time and I think the working full-time piece for me is draining because it's day in day out back-to-back video calls and you know what I think as humans we are not designed to be on video calls all day. I don't even think it's just that I think it's when your life is stable you can give your all to work um, and, and I do I love to get completely immersed in work and a full day at work is tiring for me on a good day in the office it's still tiring um, so as you say, being in your own little world and trying to do everything by Zoom is difficult. And I think as well, you've got that thing of, you've then got stuff going on outside, which is far more intense than it normally would be. I think yeah. that's where the problem comes. You're trying to give your all and you're you you know you're trying to give more than 100%. You haven't got that. So um, yeah. yeah, it's a bit difficult. 
And yes, finally coming to the end of this dreaded HR course, which I think I've talked about uh, on a while. Uh, <laughs> you really enjoyed that one, haven't you, Rob? Yeah, and I do apologise to any of the listeners that do actually work in HR, but <laughs> you, you know, you are stuck between a rock and a hard place, and I understand why now. So, uh, yeah, um, it's been insightful. Yes, whether it leads to a career in HR, I doubt it, but let's see. You've learned stuff. Oh, 100%. Learned a lot, actually. It's been, uh, you know, some modules better than others, I will say. But, you know, I've got too many projects. I've got Parent Brain, Stationary Free, School to Management. I've got all this stuff going on. And, and you're right, when you're sort of working full time and the other aspects of your life are pulling you in different directions, you often don't get that time to work on those sorts of projects that are actually probably more life-fulfilling and more meaningful, certainly from a creative perspective. So all of that's kind of gone on in the last couple of months. But that said, how are you getting a grip, Helen? How are you sort of getting some mental clarity and you know is it using stationary it is using stationary. so okay the first thing i'd say is i have to remind myself and age helps with this a bit whatever it is is always temporary you just have to find a way of dealing with it so you just have to push through till you get to the end of it it is only temporary the next thing i say and i say this to my husband and my daughter as well which is i don't care if you don't like my system for organizing things but if your system worked we wouldn't be having this conversation. So I find, a lot of, <laughs> I find a lot of my stress comes from other people failing to do the things that they intend to do. So I love my lists and my daughter now is at a stage where I'm allowed to write a theoretical possible uh, set of, it's not instructions, but it's instead of giving her a list of things that she needs to do in the day, a list of chores, she now has a theoretical possible list and it's that I'm allowed to put on her door and say, can you please empty the dishwasher, blah, blah, blah. So I find that finding a way to communicate with people that I can then delegate to helps a bit. Yeah, we still got that challenge. We've got three boys and it's, um, <clears throat> even though there's a rotor for emptying the dishwasher, it's still arguments every day. Hello. You wait till you have to make them wash up because the dishwasher's broken. That's so much fun. <laughs> Do you find that in times of sort of crisis, derailment, you know, trying to get a grip, do you get a bit overwhelmed with like the recovery process? I, I think what I'm getting at here is my to-do list looks like world domination. You know, <laughs> if I was to achieve everything that I sort of set out to put on my uh, daily to-do list, I, you know what, it's, it's more than a, a prime minister of a small country would have. So do you find that the, uh, the sort of recovery is overwhelming or have you managed to sort of... I do. I like you. I like to be you know I, I get to the end of the week and I want my to-do list to have you know 90% crossed off and you know when I've got 20% crossed off that's a real problem but it does tell me something which is you're overwhelmed and the other thing is is that I find that not writing it down it takes up space in my head that I need so I actually think it's better to write it down and then when you get to the end of the week so you all know that I use bullet journaling so I have a to-do list that's ongoing during the week effectively that's what it basically is um anything I haven't done if you do bullet journaling you're supposed to just move into your next week and decide whether you're going to keep it or not and I don't do that I group things together and say is this stuff that I need to do in the next week or the next three weeks or whatever? Or can I put it into a, a page and I will go flip to the back of the book and I will have a page of things that I have to do for family or a page of things that I have to do in September. Or So I group them, I find ways of grouping them and then I stick them on a page for that group so that my head has got all of it out and I have as much space for doing things yeah. and less space for holding things. That's interesting. Do you, do you do those activities at the same time? So is this a form of batching, you know, that sort of productivity technique of doing 
like-minded similar things together or is it just a way to sort of I guess book it all the amount it's of work it's a way to organize it so initially right. it's literally I write it down during the week as it comes to me and dear god you have to write it down because it's a passing thought and you'll mm. it's how you forget stuff and this is why you get overwhelmed is because you've got all these things you're trying to remember and you haven't had a chance to write them down so if you write them down and you don't get them done it's fine not getting them done so long as you then pick them up and say okay well these are all the similar for x reason i'll go and put them over here and actually you haven't got time to do everything i know i haven't got time to do everything so the stuff that is not critical gets parked and it gets parked in a in a pile of like things and as i said it might be things to do in september it might be things to do when i see my brother or it might be things to do to do with work so you may have these different piles and they're grouped for different reasons that do you see does that make sense yeah absolutely absolutely and and you know me i'm a digital fan i've always liked yeah, yeah. to do it as a tool and you know i wax lyrical about it but in, in a time of derailment and like the last couple of months i've actually gone completely to a paper notebook and just listing out everything to do so and, and i think part of this strategy is to get offline is to stop uh, opening up computers being in front of the screen just trying to slow down a little bit do you find that that's one of the compelling reasons to get back into stationary i do i think that's really interesting that you move offline when you are overwhelmed that's i hadn't really thought about it but that does make absolute sense to me but i think it's as much the the seeking of control so i think the writing pen on paper is a control thing i also think it's a i always joke i can't think without a pen in my hand genuinely mm, yeah. um, and i think it's partly that which is you are you have been trained since sort of four or five years old you've got a book in front of your blank page and a pen now is the time to think and you can do it at your own pace and there's no nothing's pinging you or saying do you want to do this as well or nothing's trying to help you so it allows your yeah. thought processes to flow in a way that makes sense to your brain. And sometimes that quiet is just what you need to understand. I think, you know, if there's one thing I can do today, what is the one thing? And I think I've, um, I've started using, there's a guy called Mark Forster, who's, um, I think he wrote um, Do It Tomorrow Another Time Management Techniques or something like that. We'll, right. we'll, ping, a, we'll ping a link into the, uh, into the show notes. Um, and he has this sort of concept, this this idea is, you know, it's not particularly super original necessarily in the construct, but how he actually implements it is pretty uh, interesting. I've been doing this recently. So you basically list out everything, absolutely everything that you can think of that you want to do on a sheet of paper, A4 paper, whatever your favorite uh, choice yeah. of paper is. You scan the list every day and you do the things that you feel like doing. Now, this is almost goes against what most productivity people will say is you do obviously the most important task whether you feel like it or not you know write that book when you might not feel like it you know that kind of attitude a sort of very stoic attitude of doing the work that you need to in front of yeah. you however I think in times of overwhelm and certainly derailment derailment like I've uh, sort of felt over the last few months it has been more about that energy management you know what do I feel like doing today there are of course things that I've sort of have to do like tax returns and various things but other than that, once you've sort of dealt with those really big items, which let's be honest, there aren't that many every couple of weeks, it then becomes scanning the list and looking for things that I feel like I want to do. And that's been really super helpful. But of course, it's not progressing some of those big gnarly problems forward. I'm actually doing the lightweight, you know, little things that seem very oh, interesting in the moment. I don't 
don't know that you're not progressing those big gnarly things because I think if you didn't do the things that you felt like doing when you have very low, not motivation is the wrong word, but very low impulse to do anything, picking something you'd like to do is at least movement in the right direction. And Mm. I actually think that's the only way that you could potentially get to those gnarly things when you have so much to do, you really just don't want to do anything. Um, yeah. you know, Netflix sounds like a genius idea when you've got so much to do. Uh, so I actually think it is a way of getting to the big stuff. It's just not, it's taking the scenic route. Uh, I think so. You can get yeah. Going. yeah, I think so. I mean, it's things like, you know, no new video on the channel, no new podcasts here, uh, no new chapters of book written, those sort of big life goal kind of things. And instead, it's been those little small things like going, you know, trim the apple tree of the garden and stuff. But it was still important. Don't get me wrong. But it's sort of like picking things that are actually playing to that. Uh, I guess for me, that's slowing down, that getting out in nature, that sort of resting and recovering and doing things that are a little bit more natural to us. That's right. And I think as well, it's really important. I don't know if you do this, but actually you always read about making time for family and all the rest of it. But actually, sometimes you just want to go and dig a hole in the garden with the kids or you just want to go out take a walk with your partner or whatever that is and the outside if you can't let your head go enough to enjoy that moment it's given you no benefit so you have to have a way of parking your thoughts so you can be present in that moment or you won't get the benefit out of it and the benefit is what you desperately need in order to come back and deal with all that stuff otherwise you're constantly just spinning aren't you so we've talked about to-do lists, which is, you know, pretty standard. You get a bit overwhelmed, a bit overloaded, and you want to sort of, you know, bring a bit of chaos into some sort of order. What else have you been doing to help you through this process as well that's maybe not to do with, like, task lists and to-do lists? Everything's a task list, Rob. Everything in my life. That's <laughs> how I live it. Um, so I do tend to try and do – so I think really carefully about balance. So when there's things I don't want to do – you, you know, as you say, you've got a big long list or say work's really, really busy and home's really, really busy. It's still really important to say, what, what do I need? Because I don't do that very well at all, at all. And if it was anybody else, I would say to them, what do you need? How can I help you? But I yeah. never, ever ask myself. And this has been quite a new thing. Um, so I try and pause and think about that. Not a stationary related one, but... Um, Sometimes what you need, and this is the genuinely the answer, and I'm looking at them right now. Sometimes what you need is some new stickers for your bullet journal. So I bought some. I did need. Nice. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I went to um, I went to Tesco, and you know we talk about the the fact that we've got hundreds of notebooks that aren't used, <laughs> and and of course it's back to school time, isn't it? So all the stationery is like ridiculously low price. Certainly now you've got this sort of clip card promotion thing they've got going on. And of course, other supermarkets are available. But um, I was looking at these notebooks and I was like, yeah, I, I should buy that. I don't need it, but I should buy it because it's like, you know, two thirds off the price. And yeah, I'm going to need some more pens. And yeah, 35 quid later, <laughs> I've got notebooks. But actually, to be honest, I've been using them because I, I, when I get a bit overwhelmed, I always sort of default back into learning mode. I don't know whether you, you do something similar. So it's kind of like, what can I go and do that is about learning about something that has no relation really to uh, my day-to-day job? It's not like the HR course where I'm actually doing professional qualifications. It's just about learning something that interests me. So I went back to a website called Domestica, which is really good, and I studied short stories. So I did these two courses on how to write short stories. Just appealed to me. I was just looking through the list, and I was like, yep, I'm going to do those two. 
And so I used this new notebook to write some short stories and it was massively therapeutic, you know, no internet, no connection, just sitting down and writing a short story in my brand new notebook that actually got got used within the first six months of purchase, which is good. I don't know, do you fall into any of that sort of, I know you talked about just then sort of like, what do I need? You know, that me time. Uh, for me, that just always comes back to learning. What do I want to learn, you know, and just pick something of interest? Yeah, I can't, uh, I usually can't manage learn. I can't manage anything creative particularly. I find it, yeah, no, I just can't. I, I have to do, what can I do? What can I do to move this forward? How do I get out of this? So it's all for me about how do I um, dig my way out of the, the pit that I'm in? So it's not, yeah. a creative thing is quite difficult for me because that's a, point of relaxation and and my brain would always be nagging at me but I do like um to bake or or bits and pieces like that and my daughter's just on a course which I am so envious of with a company called Monthly and they let you uh, join a course with a famous chef or famous music producer or whatever and you do a a course and, and you get like homework every single day um and it's only like an hour and a half. You might be like three hours one day and then 20 minutes the next or whatever. Really desperately think that would be a lovely thing to do, but I absolutely couldn't do it in a time of overwhelm. I mean, that would be what I would choose, but it's not, I, I don't know how yeah. you find the brain width to do that, to be honest. So you have to sort of um, almost get out of the chaos before yeah. you can start to do that. Yeah. I think what's interesting, I was I was actually looking into the word overwhelm because I, I use it quite a lot. And, uh, you know, obviously we work in, big companies, you know, consulting, managerial positions, those kind of things. And we deal with a lot of overwhelm. And actually, I found a very interesting distinction between overwhelm and overworked or overloaded. And overwhelm is when you get to the point where you just can't take any action, where you yes. just sort of almost, you just stop. You, you kind of like, I, I don't know what to do next. You maybe just don't want to do anything. You just want to stay in bed or, or whatever. Whereas overworked is more about, I've just got too much to do, but you kind of know what to do next and you start working on it. And that's been really interesting from my perspective because there have been moments where I've been genuinely overwhelmed where I've literally just sat there in a chair, even with my to-do list and my journal and all the other stuff going, I have absolutely no idea where to start. I I just don't know what to do. And I don't feel like doing anything. And then maybe with a bit more rest, a little bit more self-care, a little bit more out of time in nature, it just becomes a massive to-do list. But I know where to start. I know what to do. And I can move forward. Do you, do you see those two separations in your own life? I absolutely do. And I always think that overwhelm is the point where I am unable to prioritise. Because yeah, there's, there's too many things that are absolutely critically important. How do I choose? You know, you just can't. Do I choose yeah. to do the interview I've scheduled this afternoon or do I choose to go and visit uh, my mother-in-law who's bedridden and has nobody feeding her for lunch? You know, you, it's an impossible yeah. choice in, in many ways. And you think, you know, some people might say that's not a problem. I, I would choose my mother-in-law. Well, that's absolutely brilliant for you, but that's three hours out of my day. And, you know, yeah. that's not that time I'd planned. And I think that that inability to prioritise, even on something that should be a really straightforward choice is, I think, the, to me, the hallmark yeah, of overwhelm. I think it would be fascinating if there are any psychologists listening to this because um, there's a quite a lot rich tapestry of, uh, of our brains into this podcast. And I think what's probably more exciting for them is how we try to uh, weave in the tenuous link back to stationery. <laughs> <laughs> 
to justify buying more notebooks and pens, really, that's yeah. that's kind of it. You know, one of the things that I thought I needed at the beginning of my overwhelm phase uh, a couple of months ago was I joined a, a stationary um, subscription box called uh, Paper Gang. And they, nice. each month they send you a little box through your door. And it's actually very cute. It's not great for me because there's far too many stickers and, and other things that I don't use. But actually, it's been really nice to get. Uh, they, they, I think they've currently got a three-month trial on. So, yeah, do have a go. And actually, I got this little box through. And having that drop through the letterbox every month, when you are a stationary freak and you're having a bit of a bad day, I cannot tell you how far that goes towards making me feel better. Yeah, well, we, we considered doing something similar, didn't we? That's why I was testing them out to see what they were, how they were. Yeah, I think there's so many of them now that they I are. think we've missed out. We've missed our moment, but I think that's the same with a lot of our ideas, isn't it? We come up with a great idea and then we sit on it for too long, and someone else, yeah, <laughs> someone yeah. else has the uh, has the emphasis and enthusiasm to ship it. Apart from you buying your books at Tesco's, what have you been doing about you know dealing with your overwhelm? Have you found you know again other than lists? Is there stuff that you do that um, helps you? Yeah, I think these uh, these domestic courses, I know that obviously other sites are available, but I've, I've spent a lot of time just having a look through there and there's so much on there and, and they're reasonably priced, you know, you're looking maybe about £10 for a course, but there's all sorts, you know, one, and I've just been really intrigued with getting more and more offline, so more and more sort of analogue, hands-on building stuff. And so a lot of them that resonated with me were like making your own pinhole cameras, using sort of toy models as almost like photography uh, subjects. And some of the stuff that people create are insane. They look unbelievably real, even though it's just a toy. Those sorts of things, storytelling, you know, really non-business related hobbies and activities, really. And we've got a huge garden in the new house and it's got a massive shed, which I'm in two minds as to whether to convert to a new office studio or to knock down and build a new studio. It's that sort of shed. It's not quite good enough, but it's not quite bad enough either. And so I've been really sort of out and about doing stuff. There's a greenhouse here, so started growing my own vegetables, all sorts of stuff growing in there. And I did that last year and this year. Absolutely addictive. I don't. I'm, yeah. I can't be bothered with, but veggies absolutely addicted. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got some great stuff growing in there, some tomatoes, and it's that sort of getting back to. I guess what we are designed for as humans, which is that sort of almost base level survival, isn't it? Building stuff, making stuff, growing stuff. You've got another purpose for your notebooks because now you need to keep track of what grew well, where you grew it and what needs to go there next year. Whole keeping track system, yearly. Absolutely, absolutely. So definitely there's a notebook for that. <laughs> and also back into the fitness. So um, back into getting into the, the gym, obviously this big shed, it's got a, my ski machine in there and uh, all the weights. So back into that everyday journal, you know, little notebook doing reverse pyramid type stuff. So I start with 10, then nine, then eight of all these different exercises, which really, really entertaining because obviously it gets slightly easier, but slightly harder at the same time, these weights and stuff. So yeah, I've been doing that sort of stuff and journaling again, really back into that, just trying to get that mental clarity. Yeah. And it's all about slowing down. It's all about disconnecting from technology. Which is interesting because, you know, you're as much of a technophile as I am, really. And yeah. I find that that... So I'm, I'm having the same thing, which is actually I use tech because I have to, but my joy comes from the analogue-based stuff. I wonder if that's a, a post-pandemic thing or if that's a, um, to do with the stage of life or if it's to just do with the overwhelm. I mean, it could be any of those. 
Definitely. And I, I think for me, it is that sort of sat on Zoom calls all day. So when you're in a, a sort of, um, I guess, a managerial position where actually it's all about conversations, it's all about meetings, it's all about decisions, really, that's what we're paid to do as managers. There's a huge amount of talking to people. And that's video calls, you know, out of an eight hour day, probably six hours is spent on video calls. And for me, it's that sort of I'm just sat there on the video call. You can't really get up and go for a walk. You know, you can't sort of move about. You're in your kitchen or wherever your home office is. And for me, that's the I've just got to get away from that. I couldn't bear to sit at a computer for another two or three hours after that to to then do all those digital things that I've uh, got to do. And I think when I come back off holiday, which we're going away in, in a few weeks, I'm going to be back in the office, which will be workshops, which will be you know, corridor conversations, serendipity of meeting somebody in the canteen and that sort of stuff. And I think that's just different. It's just, you know, less uh, intense than video calls all day. There will still be those, of course, because it's an international team that I work with. So, yeah, for me, it's just about disconnecting, quiet, yeah. getting back to nature. See, yeah, that's that's a, a helps, but it's not the all for me. I have to have lists and order and structure I've still got that stuff, yeah. But it's all in, it's all it's all on paper now, rather than uh, to doist. Well, uh, that's good, and I think uh, although it's been a weird and rambling conversation, and only tenuously linked to stationery, um, it might help somebody out there who's having the same thing. Just get yourself a book, write a list. Nice yeah, notebook. absolutely. And you know, you can always justify uh, buying a new notebook. That's what I've uh, proven to myself this week. And I've actually used this one um, instead of the 50 odd that sat in the cupboard that are still waiting for their, their moment of glory, shall we say? Moment of glory. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Helen, uh, we're about up on time. So, any sort of final thoughts? No, it's been uh, a, a real humbling thing to find that uh, there are people out there who just share our fascination and addiction to stationery. so thank you yeah, absolutely and if we can get through these derailments and overwhelm then we absolutely have a, a catalog of stuff to talk about in the future. all right well thank you everybody uh thanks helen uh, it's been interesting rambling chat as thank usual you. i just want to echo what helen said thank you so much for the listeners the downloads feedback the comments please keep them coming please let us know what you'd like us to talk about we very much look forward to speaking to you and hearing from you in the next podcast. So, Helen, thank you. Thank you, Rob. And thank you, everybody. And we shall see you soon.